Welcome into DC On Screen, a uh, podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. Uh, we're opening this episode with no intro music, um, and we're dedicating this episode. This is our Dark Knight Rises episode, but we're going to dedicate this as we're recording. Uh, the news just broke that uh, Leonard B. Robinson, um, some of you may know him, uh, he... He was the subject of a viral video that's been going on. Uh, it's been going around the internet for a little while now. Um, some police officers pulled over a guy dressed as Batman because uh, he didn't have a license plate. He had like the bat symbol on his license plate. And uh, they wanted a proof of, uh, of ownership and everything and, and, and whatnot. Made sure he has a, a, a the license. And it's a funny video. It's fun because these cops are just totally, they're like five-year-old children. Right. I mean, they're they, they just, try to do their duty for a second, and you, you can see them going through the motions, and eventually it just becomes, <laughs> holy shit, this guy's dressed as Batman. This is great. And he right. does. He and, has a realistic costume. He's got a realistic Batmobile. This is They call him uh, Route 29 Batman. Yeah. And, um, so the video, uh, depict, uh, the, they're, you know, just one, he's cooperative and everything and he identifies himself as Lenny and, mm -hmm. uh, they get, they get pictures with him, selfies and whatnot. And yeah. a couple other cops kind of pull up and, and talk to him. And this is a guy that goes to, uh, children's hospitals and, uh, you know, tries, tries to make those kids lives brighter by having Batman show up. Right. And, um, News just dropped that uh, that he was unfortunately killed uh, as a car accident on the side of a highway. Um, yeah, it, it's honestly just kind of bummer news because as much as we love these characters, this is a guy that actually used that character to, you know, head to a children's hospital and do some real good. Um, yeah, this guy was and did so on a consistent basis. Apparently. Yeah. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, this guy is Batman. Right. It, it's, you know, you use the visions of a bat to do good. At, fuck, you're, you're the bat as far as I'm concerned, dude. Yeah. And, you know, we're about to get into a review of a movie that we <laughs> very much loathe. Right. Um, because, uh, the main character in this movie does uh he stops being batman he just stops being batman um but a dude like this though this, this real life dude i mean he doesn't go around fighting crime but you know he's he's doing doing what he can to make children's lives better and um yeah it's a i do I've, i i do i'm like i'm holding back tears right now like i actually feel like we've lost batman today no, I understand. Now it 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 it's just a, a it's a simple case, unfortunately, of um, a man who you know tried tried to do something uh, tried to do something good with his life, and um, God help him, he did, and it ended too shortly. Um, looks like it was an accident. It's nothing nothing odd going on here. It just looks like an accident, but um, right. still, and look, you know, we should. Cut it off there and go back to the yeah, haunting yeah. task we sorry. have ahead of us and just. I'm it. sorry, I, I didn't mean to go on too long. I just it just bummed me out, man. Yeah, I understand. I'm I'm pretty bummed myself, but um, we have uh, we have a hard thing ahead of us anyway. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, our hearts go out to his, his family and friends and, uh, clearly, um, all right. You, you want to get into this review, man? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I loathe the idea of, of, we're just going to have to start unnaturally and arbitrarily because there's no way I want to segue that what we just talked about with the punch plan of any kind. So we're going to say this no. outright. Everything that everything that guy did under the visage of the bat, fuck yes. Thank you. God bless you. And then everything we're about to talk about is an entirely different thing. Let's just get started arbitrarily. How about that? Yeah. So, uh, as our listeners know, we've been doing uh, the reviews of the of the, of the uh, review of the Nolan trilogy. Um, this week is The Dark Knight Rises. Um, we have mentioned it before on this podcast that we and hate. sadly as few times as hate. we could manage. Yeah. If if you felt like we have talked about the Dark Knight Rises a few times or mentioned it or an illusion here and there and thought we kind of were bringing it up too many times, you need to know that's the fewest amount of times we could possibly manage. This is a movie that scarred us, genuinely mm-hmm. scarred us. Um, right, yeah. Emotionally and spiritually, <laughs> intellectually, I will never be the same. I want to explain, just from a, uh, both of our standpoint, um, what this movie did for us, or did to us, I should say. Um, <laughs> I lost Facebook friends over this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I apologize right now. I'm going to apologize to the people who are going to listen to us and decide never to listen to us again. Right. I, I apologize. Please try us again in the future on another property. This one does not sit right. We have very strong feelings about it. We, for lack of a better term, fucking hated it. So if you're with us on this? that, please join us in the hate. We'll make a cauldron of vitriol. If you're not, <laughs> ignore it. And we'll be back another week to talk about how much we love Stephen Amell. But this, this is an abomination. This this movie this movie caused problems between us and our friendship. I'll be it br- <laughs> briefly. Um, this was a movie that he that Jason waited four years for, and uh, the night I saw it, I was I was I was with my girlfriend and her sister and um, and one of her sister's friends, and her sister just loved it, mm-hmm. and I was trying to hold my tongue. Because, you know, you don't want to... No, this isn't a... You you don't try to make waves when you can. Not in that You don't want to just start screaming, what is wrong with you? Right. You don't want to, you know, but, you know... I I, mean, it's a movie with some friends and possible future in-laws. You're not trying to fucking... Right. Yeah. You're not trying to create a whole thing. No, but... Right. I I, I am a huge (laughs) Batman fan, avid Bat fanatic, and they all knew this, or at least... uh, my my girlfriend and, and her sister knew. And, you know, of course, the question had to come up, like, what did you think of this movie? Now, I avoided all spoilers before going into this movie. And I actually, like, I was so pissed off because I'd seen the trailers and I knew the cast listing and I knew enough of Nolan to know where he was going to go with this to, for a lot of it. And I actually wrote it down. I was like, I'm going to do an exercise. <laughs> and I wrote down all of these things that were going to happen in the movie that they hadn't said were going to happen in the movie. And I gave it to my girlfriend i was like don't read this until after we're back in the car from the movie she was Mm -hmm. like okay um it put me in an uncomfortable position because i had to explain why i didn't like the movie um as as, 
I, I, to I, someone who obviously loved it. To someone who loved it, and you, you, you're just not trying to piss them off, but yeah, right time, it's right. and it's not what, but it's the bat's one of those things where like you can't just fake it. Right. It feels sacrilege right. almost to to really do that. You can't just kind of say no, no, it's okay. You can defame the bat however you want. No, it's the fucking bat. And we got back in the car, and everything I'd written down, they had done in mm-hmm. some measure, like. Maybe not as ardently as I thought they would or, or you know, but uh, pretty much everything. Like, I had, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Robin on there. Of course. You know, I, ha- I, I had pretty much the, the a basic, very basic idea for the plot written down because I just wrote down all the things that was, was that was going to piss me off. You wrote down your greatest fears. And I wrote down my greatest them. fears, and they did them. Now, right. this movie as far as is Jason your is concerned, bat in a cave. As far as Jason is concerned, like I wound up, I, I sent him a text message that was like, "Dude, don't bother," which is no. Uh, a your exact thing words were your exact words were, "Don't waste your money." And I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night, uh, which became the beginning of, <laughs> beginning of the morning because I. I ended up telling you, like, dude, I've waited four fucking years for this movie. I don't want to hear your review. I don't want to hear your take. I don't want to hear anything. I want to go right. in and watch the movie. Right, right. Um, yeah, I was I was pissed. But I uh, felt bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I've, I've waited four years. I don't care if it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I'll spend 12 bucks, man. Um, and, yeah, I I really – it. It worried me so much, though, that, that I, I swear I, I got a I got a text at like 3.30 in the morning, and that was the last thing I did that night um, because at the moment I read that, that became my morning. I, I, I couldn't really get back to sleep. There was no there was no inducement that could stop the worry, the the pit in my stomach from I've, I've known you for a while, Dave, and I, I knew you weren't wrong. I wanted you to yeah. be wrong, but I knew you weren't. Yeah. Um, if, at, at the very least, if you were wrong, we were probably going to kind of agree. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. reason I sent the text was because I I I love my girlfriend, but you know she isn't as steeped in the in, in the annals of the bat um, as Jason is. I, I I don't know anyone else actually other than Jason, <laughs> which is why he's doing this podcast with me. Who is steeped in the annals of the bat as I am? Just um, just bold and she didn't deep. like it. She didn't like it either. But, you know, I felt like she couldn't quite grasp all of the qualms that I had with this movie. Right. Um, this movie, you know, this this ruined, this ruined a perfectly good date night for or date day for Jason. Oh, no. Well. I, it was just I, a terrible situation. I, I'm not going to underphrase this. I almost lost the woman that I'm going to marry. <laughs> Wait. We had an if you guys ever plan. take a notion, I want you to remember anyone out there who ever takes a notion to say that we are not true fans. <laughs> I want you to remember this moment. Jason nearly lost the woman he is going to marry because of a bad Batman movie. Right, and, and a bad movie would have done nothing. I'd have made fun of it. We'd have had a great time. No, we had a whole day planned. We were gonna we were gonna watch this movie first. Just a, it was a whole friggin' day. There was a vineyard yeah. and a whole wine tasting and a whole dinner. No, we had a whole thing planned. Um, obviously there was a wine tasting in a vineyard. It was a very drunken day planned, but it was only a drunken night. It was a whole day. <laughs> leading like, to a drunken night. Yeah, and you were leading need those to booze. a drunken night. And it was going to be great. And we were going to have a good time. And, um, man, I watched this and I spent the rest of the day fielding questions about, are you okay? What's wrong? What have I done? Like, seriously, are you okay? And I was, I was, I was just, I was shell-shocked. Honestly, shell-shocked by what I just watched. 
because I, I I spent the I I really did. I spent the entire time filming the uh, watching the film, just almost uh, petrified, uh, genuinely petrified, because I was. I couldn't believe that this was actually what was happening, and I kept thinking it was going to get better, and it didn't. Um, the only mm-hmm. time I've had an experience like this was I, I watched The Sopranos every week, man. I Every single season, every single week, I was there. Yeah. I, I didn't have – I didn't have uh, – oh, forgive me. I think it aired on Showtime. I didn't have that premium channel. I found friends every week. I made friends with people that I knew had premium broadcasting so I could watch that damn show. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the end, and it was one of the more traumatic experiences I ever have. It's to this day when someone plays Don't Stop, I still fight the urge to punch them in the face for many reasons, but mostly that one. And this is the only thing I can compare to it, it that kind of buildup. That, that years and years of let's see where this goes to absolute, it's a whimper. It's a whimper on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and. Oh, God. I lost a little piece of my soul in both places. There's a, yeah. Mm. To put a cap, to put the cap on how this movie has affected our personal lives, two and a half years ago, and Jason knows that I am a completist. Mm-hmm. Jason, for some occasion, I can't remember whether it was Christmas or I birthday. Think it was Christmas, actually, on this one. Christmas yeah. gave me a. <laughs> lockable money bag Mm -hmm. that stated on the cover only open in case of emergency Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. inside the bag was a bare bones dvd edition of the dark knight rises this was our this was jason's attempt at finding some humor (laughs) some silver lining well it it, i I knew it would bother you that you had you do you have batman begins in dark knight (laughs) i do and it would bother you to some extent that you didn't known that. But I knew that if you if you had the full version, no, I bought the five dollar bin version of that movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, I have it, the special edition of that. That's how serious I am about this. I have the special editions of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, of course, and the five dollar movie bin because I was unwilling to spend the money on it. Like, no, I that was, was five dollars you could not be bothered for. But I went for it. <clears throat> like he he was trying to mend a piece of my of my soul because mm-hmm. I, it was always going to bother me psychologically and emotionally that I didn't have that movie. But, of course. Um, and I will say that I did not open, and, and there was no emergency until we had this podcast. I opened it two days ago <laughs> when I sat down and watched <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. was the emergency. Right. It would have taken nothing less. This is a movie that was written by, well, it was, uh, the story was by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan. Screenplay was by Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan, obviously directed by Christopher Nolan. Do you have the, do you have the actual, how much money did this movie make? I just want to know. I want to know because I want to be angry. Honestly, no. No, I don't have that figure, but so help me. I'm going to, I'm going to find it. You just keep talking there. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. I, jeez. Okay. I found it. You got it? By the way, the domestic totally something we should have had. Yeah, sorry. Domestic total gross for The Dark Knight Rises was $448 million. $448,139,099. The production budget was $250 million. Yeah, that sounds right, though. Worldwide, it grossed $1 billion. $1,084,439,099. Okay, I'll I'll give us this as a species. The Dark Knight, the budget was $185 million, and it grossed uh, total mm-hmm. box office $1.005 billion. 
they what was that nearly nearly doubled well, not quite but significantly increased the budget to 230 million um and the box office take was 1.084 billion mm-hmm. so i i this thing has an 87% on rotten tomatoes a 78% on metacritic 8.5 out of 10 on imdb okay horse shit i say all right let's just start this out let's just okay let's just dig in and start this out with a simple question Mm -hmm. how now the long version of that question is how in all of the fucks did you find this movie watchable not only like the movie is boring the movie is a pain to get through no and it and it's it's just a little bit longer than the dark knight but the dark knight was it it, it was constantly climatic It, it was a it it was you were always right in the middle of the action, and you always mm-hmm. felt like you were getting to the last scene, and and that that would all mean something now. And then found out that there was more scene. And here's the funny part: if you've listened to our Dark Knight review, you're going to be fascinated with how you're going to find me describing the Dark Knight as though it was the holy fucking grail. Because compared, mm-hmm. it damned is. Sure enough, though. Yeah, uh, you, you we both yours- agreed. <laughs> we both agreed the Dark Knight, for for whatever flaws it had was the best live-action interpretation of Batman that we had seen or we have ever seen so far. So far, yeah. um, Of Batman. They went from that to what is the worst, the worst on-screen interpretation of Batman ever, including animated, including anything else you could think of. Well, the animated is is generally far and above the movies at this point. Oh, sure. But take an average. It, this is well, yeah. But I'm I'm thinking of uh, you know Super Friends too. Sure, it's worse than Super Friends. It's worse than Batman and Robin. <laughs> now people are going to be pissed at me for saying that. People, this is why I lost friends on Facebook. But this is this is no, it's not completely reason. But that's a long story. <laughs> this is <laughs> that's a long story of interpersonal turmoil that doesn't fit the show. Go ahead. Right. So these are man. I will okay. I boil it down to this. The reason. The Dark Knight Rises is worse than Batman and Robin because, well, I mean, it was just as implausible in most of in most cases. But the thing that puts it over the edge is he was still Batman in Batman and Robin. He doesn't quit being Batman in Batman and Robin. He's Batman. Is it Batman in a multicolored neon world that's completely implausible and doesn't adhere to the laws of physics? Sure, but he's still Batman. The Dark Knight Rises, though. This asshole took off eight years. I gotta give it that. I, I, because and this is this is our biggest problem with this film is that the yeah. bat takes off eight years, and then the um the the problem immediately following it is when the movie's done, he takes off for I don't know his lifetime. Ever. Yeah, that's that's oh man, come on, that's that's not not only is that not the bat, that's not even Bruce Wayne. Yeah, no and, version of it. I, did. Uh, anyway. I was I was I was curious. I really was. I I had to I watched uh, a special feature on The Dark Knight Rises and the the filmmakers uh David Escoyer and and Christopher Nolan they're talking about how the interesting thing to them was like how like when they first started on Batman Begins, how do they make Bruce Wayne a relatable, likable character? And the way to do that is to to make him someone you care about. And then for some reason, they decided that that means that he can't be Batman at the end of this. Like to to complete his story arc, they they describe, um, they actually describe Batman 
as an addiction for Bruce Wayne. And it's a self-destructive addiction. Like, this is where he's fueling all of his anger. This is where he's uh, he's, he's pushing all of his rage uh, from his parents dying into becoming Batman. And for him to truly have an arc and truly move on and grow as an individual, he has to be looking for a way out. That's That was, that was evident in Batman Begins. It was a major uh, theme in The Dark Knight when he's trying to, as Jason put it, bird dog Harvey Dent's girl. <laughs> and... It is a major theme here, but he can't move on. Now he, like, as they put it, like, now he's, um, like, the the woman he wanted to spend the rest of his life with is gone, and now he's doing nothing. He's not being Batman. He's not being Bruce Wayne. He's nothing. He doesn't know how to move on. He doesn't know how to get over that. And when this opportunity arises, when he sees, uh, you know, that Bane is, is here in the city and that all these things are happening, he's like, okay, well, i got to be Batman again because I'm so angry over Rachel. And but of course, the whole point is that he finds someone else. We we are led to we're well, we're supposedly led to believe it's Miranda Tate. I knew it was Talia the entire time. As soon as they 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 cast uh, what's her face as <laughs> as Miranda Tate, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember her name. Marion Cotillac, whatever. They cast Again, her. Time honored tradition in this show: getting people's names wrong. I know it sucks, but you know. Uh, I'm getting endeared to it now. Um, yeah. Um, but I'm looking at her and I'm going, oh, that's Talia. If that's anybody, mm-hmm. that's Talia. I don't know who this Miranda Tate is. And then there was a little bit of a bit. There was a little bit of a little voice in the back of my head going, "You didn't. You thought Rachel Dawes was somebody too, but she wasn't." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I knew it though. Thematically, like they would have to circle back around to Rachel Ghoul or Raz Ghoul. Man, this that sucks. It just sucks. No, it, it, it just. It, uh, the thing is, it sucks to circle back to the League of Assassins. It this is it the does. thing that has bored me the most out of the, uh, out of the entire League of Assassins set of storylines is that you have mm-hmm. so much potential just in Gotham. It's a story about a yeah. city. Batman is a story about a city. That's it. Mm-hmm. it it's the story of and. and that's the other part is it's it, Batman is inherently reactionary. I get that. That's the mm-hmm. whole fucking point. His parents die and switch. Uh, you, you you pull it from off to on and it's it's that's that's Batman now. The moment he uh, finishes screaming in that alley, he's Batman. And yeah. it is it is inherently a reactionary. Uh, y- y- well, y- you can't have like a proactive story. It's not as though this was a person who was raised well. Um, I don't know. It, it brought up to to feel a, a certain amount of things, brought up to have a certain amount of viewpoints, and decided to do a thing proactively. No, it's a kid in a bad situation who reacts. Fine, but this set of films, it, it, his react, it, his reactive capacity is is limited to just being really bummed out when he loses things he cares about. That's yeah. No, man, I, that's not. That's not a guy. Like, uh, and the other part is they focused on Bruce Wayne, and yeah. that's where you fuck up. If it when you make Bruce Wayne the character you're portraying instead of Batman, you've already fucked up. This is one of those things where like I I can I can say this with absolutely well I actually I have no need to be right, and you can't prove me wrong. So haha, but I can say this and be absolutely <laughs> sure of myself. If you're making a Batman product and you decided mm-hmm. to make it a Bruce Wayne product fire yourself 
Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't ever dive into who Batman is under the cowl. I'm not talking like that's what they largely did in in the first uh, the first one with with Keaton and, and that Tim Burton did. They, you know, you would you know Bruce Wayne acts a little quirky or whatever, and then you have Batman, and Batman doesn't speak, and Joker stole the movie. Yeah. Um, well, most I mean, of those movies focused on the villains. And Bruce Wayne himself fine. was Again, more of a side like, character. Again, it's like it really is the best rogues gallery at, out of the lot. Honestly, it is. And between DC, Marvel, and every other independent company, find one hero with a better rogues gallery. And I'm I'm not saying you should never dig deep and look at the Bruce Wayne character or who he is outside of the Bat persona. Mm-hmm. What, but my point has always been, and the only people who have ever gotten it right in my mind are Paul Dini and Bruce Tim and Alan Burnett and those cats that did Batman the Animated Series, um, because they understood that Bruce is there, but he's really Batman. No, and, Batman uh, is the re- is real. Conroy, to his credit, I'm not sure if it was a direction, if it was if he's pointed to it, or if he caught the light himself. But Conroy openly understands that premise. Yeah. yeah, like just just the way that he does the voice, like the he. There were a couple of missteps early on in, in the animated series, but when you he realized at some point that the Batman voice is Bruce is is Bruce's real voice. Bruce Wayne's voice in the show, as depicted, is the affectation, um, as is the persona. The Dark Knight trilogy fails to recognize this. They fail to understand this, or either that or they don't care. Um, and that's what I've I've always been talking about is like it's important when you do these adaptations that you you can change you know any number of things and i'm not going to be pissed off i'm a comic book fan i understand the multiverse i embrace the multiverse i embrace adam west batman because he Mm -hmm. was still batman he was still batman this is not the essence of the character no what they have given us in the dark knight is not the essence of batman and don't be fooled don't if you you know are listening to this and thinking well you're just a batman fan uh, but it's still it was a kick-ass movie no it was a poor movie it was a terrible (laughs) movie from a from a movie standpoint i have written down on a sheet of paper because i knew that I, i wanted to hit that up everything that i really had that that really bothers me about the movie mm-hmm. uh from a character standpoint from from a, a source material standpoint i have memorized it's ingrained in my brain mm-hmm. i know exactly what the problems with the dark knight rises are and why i hate it right movie standpoint i wasn't going to remember all that completely but i mean i i have those written down i mean and, and then i stopped i had I, there were a bunch there were too many <laughs> there were too many plot conveniences from a movie standpoint this is poorly written this is poorly contrived this is yeah. uh, to make no, the there plot are, work there are flaws in the movie that are just where people are that oh my yeah i know I, it, and don't get wrong like i i can sit there and try to defend the joker all day and how he managed to get away with honestly he he was probably the most meticulously organized person in that movie by a very long shot and um i can even try to defend that because that that is mm-hmm. it's it's as engaging as that film is, as honestly just as fun as that film is to watch, and you, right. Ledger is so good that you you just you forget how much background must be there for this to be a a, a real scene. This thing it has nothing like that, and no, I, I don't really mean to doesn't. take away from Oldman and Levitt here. It, I don't think they were doing a bad job. I don't Neither think one of them I don't think Gary job. Oldman and Gordon Levitt have ever done a bad job. I just yeah. it was a poorly devised film. Period. 
on the on the bat level and and the part where it's supposed to be a two and a two and a half hour story that you can pay attention to all of them are bad yeah i will say tom hardy is bad i'm not even sure it's tom hardy uh the 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 weird thing on his face i, I don't know he just uh, he 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 i will say he was bad he overacted to compensate for the fact that you couldn't see his freaking face mm, yeah that's true he totally but that's not even the point who cares about bane i mean terrible version of bane by the way right i mean i and Lord. one of the the biggest bad. grievances i have with the film is that no man's land has so much potential and you chose to do the worst version of it i've ever heard and Nightfall had so much potential as a movie. And yes. they chose to do the worst version of it they could possibly imagine. I know. They really did. They took all of... And this is what ends up being the legacy of... And it, what cracks me up is about it, it, about it is that, like, I can talk about the legacy of the Nolan films. And what they were trying to describe was the legacy of The Dark Knight. Um, because the whole thing fucking ends, by the way, with a, a pseudo-Robin taking over. Um, yeah. It's kind of a Tim Drake, Jason Todd mixture, blah, 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 whatever, fucking whatever. Um, yeah, he was a mixture of, of, of Dick, Jason, and Tim yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, um, because Dick and the comics become some a cop substantially, Whatever. But it, what it ended up being was, it ended up being, uh, I don't know, uh, a cheap like dollar store knockoff of the parts of all of these stories. Everything from The Killing Joke to No Man's Land to Nightfall, any of these things, what... They they were exploited for the parts mm-hmm. that would get them through a film. And don't get me wrong, if 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 you had exploited the Killing Joke by shooting Barbara Gordon and, and or sending Gordon through a um, or sending Jim Gordon through a a maze of of terrible horror, I, look, if you had done anything like that in the Killing Joke, or if you'd taken if you'd taken No Man's Land and uh, and put Gotham on an island where no one was allowed on or off, or if you had taken Nightfall and just broken Batman's back, all of these things, if you'd just taken one part, that'd have been no exploitation, and if you'd done it well, I'd have thanked you for it. This was molestation. This, this wasn't even... You, you touched all of the naughty parts of all the things I love, and you fucked them. Mm-hmm. That's the legacy of the Nolan trilogy at this point. And I I wouldn't have said that. I've advised as many people as I could find that if they all they've ever watched is The Dark Knight, just watch it, enjoy it, watch it again, pretend that was the third film, and enjoy that, and never, never watch this movie. Yeah, I, I can get over a lot of things. I can get over a bad Batman voice, but... When when you do what I mean, they did, we did Dark for the Dark Knight. We got over the bad Batman voice. We got over it. We got over it. This is is unforgivable. Dark Knight Rises is unforgivable. Just the the plot conceits, the characterizations, just everything about this movie is wrong, and it and it it kills me. And I'm I'm really I have high hopes for uh, Batman v Superman. I have high hopes for all the rest of this stuff that's coming well, that's out because. A, and to be clear, that's why this killed us like it did. We had high hopes. We had high hopes, and what's more, the reason this bothers me is not because I'm an entitled comic book geek who wants things to be like the comics. It's not like that. I like I said, I I embrace the multiverse. I embrace you know. Uh, condensing of storylines to, to get a point across or my whole my whole problem is I, I want it to be a good movie and I want it to embrace the essence of the characters and maybe even shine some interesting light 
on on who those characters are that have that hasn't been explored uh as of yet it's one of the reasons i i have enjoyed uh scott snyder for the most part scott snyder's run on the current batman series because it's done some interesting things Mm -hmm. it all it hasn't all been great but it's done some interesting things with batman i don't feel like it was anything egregious what nolan did what what nolan and goyer and and other nolan did and in dark knight rises was and and in hindsight over the course of the trilogy was basically give every batman fan the bird just gave us the (laughs) finger because he's telling you no batman's story is not the important story bruce wayne's story is the important story right this is we have to figure out a way for this guy to live happily ever after to get over this rage uh, mechanism that he's constructed but that that, no that's not the point of the bat and they do it poorly to try to push that really is the worst part of the legacy when it comes down to it is he ends up painting uh, Batman as something that's uh, derisive, hurtful, something that actually takes right. away from the community. It, it, the, the, the whole proposal of, of Batman as he's as he's put like the origin of this character is an eight year old who's been through the worst experience. He's eight, nine, whatever, been through the worst experience that any kid could conceive at that time finding hope and finding purpose even in that moment and deciding that his life is worth that sacrifice that everything will take to actually fulfill that purpose. And this thing shits on that entire idea. Not only does it shit on that idea. It makes it a runoff. It makes it like a a bad episode you experienced after college before you realized your life should get in order. Right. It not only shits on that premise, though. It shits on the actual premise of what the story that Nolan was trying to tell. Yeah, that's the part where it just gets into a bad film. Because they, they as they stated in, this, in the special features of this thing, they wanted to make Bruce a likable, relatable character. He treats Alfred like complete shit through this movie. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the notion... That he basically fires Alfred mm-hmm. because Alfred spared his feelings and burnt that note from Rachel. <laughs> and Bruce tell, tells him in the movie, like, like Alfred, I, I, I hate this dialogue. I hate it. I hate all of the dialogue in this movie. But I'm sure. There's, there's a whole bit where, like, Alfred's saying, I can't watch you do the thing and blah, blah, blah. I can't bury you two, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So then no, he says, I, you, you like know, that instinct from Alfred, I can't bury you too. That's a that's great a fine line. instinct, yeah. But by this point, I'm I'm done. Yeah, already. Um, and 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 Bruce comes back with oh, Rachel died. I found my out. That was that was that was my life outside of Batman. But she died. And then Alfred does this weird little speech that just is awful. And he's like, "Oh, what if I told you that maybe that Rachel wrote a, a thing and she had chosen Harvey Dent over you, and I burnt that letter to spare you pain and torment and blah blah blah." Okay, yes, okay. This dude has raised you. He's been there for you every step of the way. He has supported you in all of your crazy bullshit with Batman costumes and mm-hmm. Lucius Fox and the whole thing, whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. He has worried over you. He has stitched you up. He has done all of this stuff for you. And then you tell him goodbye. You you fire him. And yeah. even Alfred knows it because Alfred Alfred says in the movie, like as as you've said, you know, like the the Bruce Wayne they they depict is an entitled little. 13 year old he might as well be screaming bats are nocturnal the entire time right because alfred even says after he explains what happened to bruce he even says i know what this means it means your hatred there's no way there is no reality where alfred should feel like bruce is going to hate him for anything 
I mean, yeah. Bru- Alfred has been Bruce's <laughs> father. No, he he's the only one who's actively been able to speak to him that way. Uh, and, and thus is the only person who's actively been able to give a shot at raising such child. Because uh, the average person that comes into contact with Bruce Wayne at, in, in any, any story is um, anywhere between, I don't know, opportunistic and sycophant. You, mm-hmm. you, you don't meet a lot of real people that just you run into and care. Like, that's basically the only reason I've even given a, a, a tiny amount of credence to the whole Rachel Dahl story is that someone who knew him when he was just a kid and they were just two kids. Right. And that's about the only heart that that actually has going on. Um, and don't get me wrong, if you had developed that aspect of it, if all, if you'd done more than just show me an arrowhead, um, right, that might have had more heart <laughs> to it. But Alfred's one of the only people that's ever been able to speak to him this way and right. really, really take a fucking shot at raising him. And don't get me wrong, we've all been young and uh, you know not understood the sacrifices that someone makes and and said stupid damn things. But mm-hmm. this is way beyond that. This is a guy who's taken the responsibility of an entire city, a giant city. He He's apparently willing to sit and be the shoulders for a few million people, but he can't respect the feelings of the man who actually tried to raise him. Right. I don't believe that. And, and I just don't believe it for same, a fucking second. And on the, uh, on the the in the same argument, this isn't Alfred either, because Alfred is not going to sit there and try to hurt Bruce just to make him stop being Batman. Alfred's entire thing in this entire trilogy has been to make him stop being Batman. Right. It's time to stop being Batman. It's time to stop being Batman. Now, to be fair to them, they did keep true to like their premise for the, the film, the, the Batman mm-hmm. being an addiction part. Sure. The best they did at staying true to that was through Alfred. Yeah. And I'm I'll not sure if it there, just yeah. became Michael. If it's just because Michael Caine is a, is a really great actor. He cries actor, well. Um, he cries well. Dude, dude wills up. He's powerful dude as well when he cries. Like if him and Jesse L. Martin never got on screen, I I all I could do was cry. <laughs> if they were ever just sitting on the screen together, I would just start weeping uncontrollably. Um, they they do a pretty good job of at least keeping that premise, but that's it. Right. That's freaking it. After that, it gets but into absolute absolute nonsense. In as far as making Bruce relatable, the way he treats Alfred doesn't make me want to like Bruce at all. I don't want to relate to Bruce Wayne. He's a dick. Right. He's a complete jackass. It it they wanted to make him relatable in the sense that we're all fallible, but they it's as though they were trying to do that in the vacuum that his other self is you know the Batman, mm-hmm. this honorable uh, like early <laughs> like early Alan Moore person. Um, that that's not even true. Uh, it, this is not Batman as we know him. This is not Batman as we've ever known him. They don't understand the concept of Batman uh, of. Because in my in, in every iteration that I've seen, uh, every iteration that we've read, there are variations. But Alfred understands that this is a this is there was a traumatic experience that happened. Uh, Bruce, like, how do you how do you come out of that as an eight year old boy? How do you come out of seeing your your parents murdered in front of you? Mm-hmm. If you had seen that happen and you had all of the resources available to you that you could ever imagine, what would you do with that? This is what that's what Bruce is doing is every fantasy that you've that that any kid who's ever lost a parent to 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 a violent uh, antagonist uh, has ever thought of, you know, like I, I would imagine, you know, if you're a kid and say your mom was killed by your your, you know, violent father or 
or uh, you, maybe your dad was a it was or your mom whatever was was in like the 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 army or the military of some sort and was was killed in action you you lay awake thinking about that kind of stuff you you wish that you had all of the resources you wish that you could stop this sort of thing from happening no, alfred that... understands why bruce feels the way he does and supports him in that even if he is kind of there to say but alfred also knows bruce well enough to know that he's not going to stop so he just tries to guide him and hope for the best, but also knows that Batman is needed. Batman has done so much good for the world, but this is this never was that Batman. This isn't the world's greatest detective. Right. This isn't the person who who will sacrifice everything to save one life. He's not that Batman. He hasn't been through the entire trilogy. This is some strange bastardization that that Nolan that the Nolans and and Goyer cooked up to try to make Batman relatable. And what bothers me about that is that this was a hugely successful movie. The mainstream yet again doesn't understand why we have poured over Batman comics for years. They don't understand. It's poor representation, is what it is. Well, I do think it's poor representation. I'm not entirely sure it's you know. I don't know, I don't know if they're misunderstanding. I mean, if if I. If I if if I was showing this uh, this premise to someone who's never seen Batman before, they might be able to get they might be able to understand this take on it. Just that the Batman mm-hmm. is an addiction of some guy. I, it's not even that I disagree with with the idea that he's relatable because he has the addiction, and they related it to the the fact that it is Bruce Wayne trying to get through a thing. But what they <laughs> what they completely fucked off on was the fact that the single most relatable thing in the entire Batman universe is that moment. Like, think of how many times they've retooled the comics. Mm-hmm. What's never changed? Crime Alley, right? Right, man. Yeah. No one ever fucks with that. It, it's No one ever says that Batman's parents didn't kill him. Like, <laughs> Unless they're doing Flashpoint Paradox. But <laughs> Right. But the most they ever change is the amount of pearls that fall, for fuck's sake. Like, it's the same story, because there's no need to yeah. mess with it. You, The most relatable thing about the character is that if anything that tragic happened to us as impressionable children, the one thing you would never be able to get past is, what could I have done? And and that doesn't, that's not isolated to it to a child you you lose someone you love at any point and you you were always going to ask yourself what could i have done what could i have done in my yeah. life every time i went out and had a drink with a friend every time i stayed home and read a book every time i got distracted by a cracked article what could i have been doing to make sure that this person in my life was still there that's the really by part. the way you're a billionaire you have you have absolutely no worry about what you're going to do with the rest of your life as far as money is concerned. <laughs> yeah, you're, you have, your means as far as distractibility are endless. All you, all you can do is either what Bruce pretends to do, which is run around, sleep with lots of supermodels, and buy hotels, apparently. Right. Or... And swim in them. Yeah, sure. Um, or you can use your vast and nearly limitless resources to exact a vengeful war on crime and yeah sure first it's about vengeance but what it's really about is to ensure that no other child has to go through what he had to go through that like that that sentiment no matter what the phrasing has been exacted so many times in any form of media absolutely any form of media that i can think of um someone has brought up the whole 
you're a you're a kid and and that's one of the more amazing just uh, truly mm -hmm. awesome parts of this tiny little Bruce that decides that no one else will ever go through what he's going through because what he's going through at that point is all of this loss and all of this what could I have done and regret and some part of him the part of him that's strong enough the part of him that uh, eventually you know in theory ends up joining the Justice League and being so strong a force and a presence that he can threaten gods that part of him the seed of it is that little bitty bit that says I'm never going to let this happen to anyone else right and yeah and it starts with a tiny city you know tiny on the cosmic scale that little city but that instinct that's important it is it's incredibly important um and to be clear this is this is the son of Thomas Wayne Thomas and Martha Wayne were good people Thomas Wayne was a person who wanted to save Gotham he wanted to save the world he right. wanted he wanted to to help everyone more terrestrial um, means sure but yeah yeah well Thomas didn't have the the same trauma that Bruce did and Bruce you know stood there and watched the two best people he knew get murdered in front of him to be clear the night that the Waynes died there were three fatalities in that alley Thomas Martha and Bruce right that's the and only birth, good depiction the of the character. The birth of Batman. It it really that's the meat, man. That is the the protein of this entire dish. Is just you've it's it's that that death, that child's remorse, that uh, forbearance of everything that's come before them, that discipline for what will be before them after that. You you that is the meat, and that's the important part. Is uh, we've stressed this more times than I can count at this point. Um, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Indeed. And him dying no. in that alley is an important part of that being the mask. Um, I think we've pretty ardently expressed the, the, the conceptual problem problems with, with the Wayne character, with the Batman character in this film, and indeed the entire trilogy. Sure. Um, I don't know what over-ardently means, superfluously. <laughs> yeah sure sure um now okay like, like i said before though the movie is 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 poorly plotted um poorly plotted and plotting it uh <laughs> it's yeah. there are yeah there are uh oh man okay so i don't remember why i just watched this thing i don't remember exactly why gordon goes down into that sewer grate oh it's some weird alley scene i i yeah honestly but i forget i really do he he goes down there and he gets taken down and dragged to bane and bane as he is looks at him and blah 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 okay well does a very you know oh why did you bring like why are you here i was talking to you you know the thug thinks he's talking to gordon right i was talking to you you have led he's the police commissioner why would you bring him here right. you panicked you have killed three people now what okay so to escape death gordon uh wakes up just enough to jump head first and in, into or roll side first i guess into uh <laughs> well sewage raw sewage no um, the, the only word that could be accurately employed is plummet he plummets right. into sewage and the guy who's left standing says, "Well, I mean, we'll never find him now. I mean, he could he he could be at any outlet. He could he could be swept in the, the body could be swept into any outlet. Sure. Um, he's like now. Well, by the way, follow him. But by, by the way, the sewage system at this point is so diverse that he could be anywhere. But in Batman he Begins, could be anywhere. it goes right through that one point. 
Right, right. Um, but he says, you know, then follow him. And he puts the cell phone on the dude and shoots him in the head. Of course. And uh, rolls his body off after him. Of course he now, does. Now, I mean, we never see that guy. So I guess what the dude said was true. He could be anywhere um, because we don't see the other dude's body show up with the cell phone that's supposedly tracking where Gordon would be going. Of course. No, uh, Gordon winds up at, you know, some outlet that uh, John Blake, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, somehow magically finds Yeah, Robin Gordon-Levitt. We don't know how he finds him. They they never explain. He's just running around the sewer, sewer system and uh, finds Gordon. Um, takes well, him to the hospital. And he everyone... has uh, Tim Drake's just de- de- detective skills, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. We'll say that. That's I saying guess. a lot, because can... Tim Drake is the only person in the books that Batman's ever looked at and said, he'll have my job one day. I mean, he doesn't even have Tim Drake's detective skills. At this point, I'm willing to bet that had it not been Nolan, they would have just gone ahead and said, and they had to work with the same script, they would have just said that he was psychic. Right. Um, <laughs> just to save because time. Because in this, this dude, three-hour film, we need to save a bit of time. Right, right. John Blake. John Blake's character winds up finding... Uh, I mean, he's a beat cop. He winds up finding Gordon inexplicably. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne inexplicably, and he tries to like he tries to, to well, it's, talk it's about it with like a vaguely explicable. Yeah, no, no, it's not. What the, the, very, the dialogue they gave him very vaguely doesn't make any sense. Basically, like, there's, there's like, a rich man near. That's like the end of the yeah, I'm line. Uh, yeah, I'm an orphan too. And you used to come by the place, and I learned to hide my anger. And uh, I used to practice smiling in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Then one day you showed up with a cute girl in your arm, and you got out of the cool car, and you looked at me. And I knew that look. I practiced it in the mirror. That was his explanation. That's, That's his it. explanation for how he knows that, that the dude is that, that Bruce Wayne is Batman. That's it. He, he has look, nothing else. I, he does as as he a does, basis. Like, there are uh, four to six, depending on who you ask, basic emotions of humans. Um, let's say it's six. So you give me a face, and universally I express that as one of six things, or interpret it mm-hmm. as one of six things. Well, that doesn't mean I can tell that you're one of three and a half million people in one city. Right. Just and, basics. Uh, you know, he does. He has a bit of dialogue where he says, uh, "You know, all the kids in the orphanage. We used to think we used to make up crazy stories about Bruce Wayne, what he did, and 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 then he he says, you know, that he believes that his was was true or whatever or some intimation of that. But so his crazy fantasy was that Bruce was Batman, and then he saw him in the orphanage one day, and he's like, oh yeah, he is Batman. No, it and on, no on the other sense. hand, you know, if you're in there, there, uh, there's a shot where <laughs> Bruce, long hair and cane and all, and um, Alfred are are watching him leave the manor and suspecting that he's he he's worth looking into. That's a that's a clever kid. Mm-hmm. No, if he's if he's insane, he's insane. That's an absurd thought to jump jump from logic uh, logic point A to B here of. Yeah, I saw you one time. Hey, there's another orphan in a, a city of several million orphans, and that guy must be Batman. Like that's yeah, that's an an absolutely insane amount of uh, logical. <laughs> that that's too <laughs> far. No that's way too fucking far. No sense. And later to see him and admire that jump. It, no man. Right. No, you should be worried about the kid, not not reverent. But so this kid, this kid is the reason that. Uh, by the way. Earlier in the film, mm-hmm. Selena goes in to, to do the thing that Alfred did, leave, leave the food for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's like a like a lion, like a freaking caged <laughs> lion. Like, 
Alfred's like, go in there, put down the food, walk away, don't do anything. Okay, cool. Why is mm. he going to maim her? Is he? <laughs> yeah, they. I, I don't. I don't know. I I assume it has to do with the the Batman Begins speech, and he will emotionally scar her if she walks in. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Bruce. That's all I've got. I don't know what else happens. Like, what? What do you do and if you're if you're a, a part of a catering crew and you wander into this room with a guy that doesn't ever want to be seen? Fine. What's the worst he can do? Yeah. Like, like he shoot an arrow at you. Out. Oh wait. Yeah. This dude, like Bruce Wayne, is just hanging out in in one side of the mansion, mm-hmm. practicing archery and growing his beard. Mm-hmm. By the way, his precision—he's off by about eight or nine inches on those shots. You've been hanging around mm-hmm. eight years practicing the same shot in the same yard room. You should be splitting your arrows by this point, buddy. Right. It, so like, he doesn't want to. Queen and should be way, wondering crime. how to shoot as well as you. They say like organized crime is gone and the city is relatively crime free. That's not a reason for Batman to stop. No. There's still muggings. There's no. still like all this. Okay. So he doesn't want to get off his ass until his mother's pearls are taken. Of course. And then the the plot thickens because oh, not only that, but oh, and shoot, by the way, my fingerprints. Use that as a use that as a bookmark. He 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 stops being bad. Like this is apparently why it's okay because the the example they set that that uh, that ideal that false god of false hope that they erected at the end of the second film. So uh-huh. that apparently was so powerful that Batman can take a day off. Great or eight years. Right. So remember that later when the city is in absolute unprecedented chaos and he decides to take a lifetime off. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, that's where you just, like, grab a battering between your, your middle and ring finger and close your fist and hold it up at the rest of the fucking city. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's stuck in this room. He's hobbling. He's got a cane. because And I did. In the special features, they did actually say that the reason he has the cane, the reason his knee is so messed up, is because of that fall he took with Harvey. The fall that he took? Okay. Okay. The one that he got up from and stood perfectly yeah. without going, Ow! Oh, yeah. my God. Ow. Oh, dear God. Ow. Like, yeah. Come yeah. On. You ever watched a fucking football game where someone got injured? You, no. Yes, I have. I don't even watch football and I've seen that and shit. And you've seen that. You get carted so, yeah. off and you, 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 you have a couple tears shed as you wave to the fans. Yeah. The writers, the director, they actually talked about the knee. They talked mm-hmm. about why he's got that knee problem. And it's because of Harvey Dent, him pushing Harvey Dent off. They don't even, they, they refuse to even acknowledge, though, that Batman killed Harvey. That's the other part that can be, you can't have it both ways, man. You, you No, no. That, that, that part is. But hey. Uh, in itself, that's the Gordian knot of the whole fucking thing. So. So with uh, Selena Kyle and uh, running off with the, with his fingerprints and his mother's pearls, and with John Blake coming to the mansion, well, it's time for Bruce to get out. Bruce decides he's going to leave the mansion for the first time in, in however the hell many years, and um, <laughs> he goes to Lucius, and 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 Lucius wants you know wants to show him the things, the new things that he's been accruing. And all of that culminates in Bruce being like, oh, well, I need to go to the doctor and I need to figure out some shit. Because, I, oh, he's got new stuff and I want to be Batman again. Of course. Okay. Because, right. you know, the only thing that can get you out of a slump, like losing your uh, longtime not-girlfriend? Some gadgets. Right. Some gadgets. Now, to some be fair. gadgets and some kids. How many people have been broken up with psychic. and just played Xbox for a couple weeks? You know, I, that happens. Yeah. This is not yeah. the same. <laughs> Not the same instinct. Do not let Nolan fool you. But by Bruce's logic, Rachel died. So Rachel. my health, 
my 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 exit from the Batman world died that night. Of course. Then you double down. You be, you stay Batman. You don't just sit around in a mansion. That's anyway. the only thing. I, the only um, thing I've ever been able to give him uh, <laughs> that kind of uh, rope for is Dick Grayson, not just a Robin. Because go back to the books, he lost Jason Todd, and uh-huh. and he, I don't remember him taking eight years off. No, no, no. He was out on the city that night. Don't like don't, he was. Don't don't remember that being a, a, a vacay, you know? Um No, he went and found he went and found the Joker <laughs> and too bad for him it turned out that like he was ready to, to finish the Joker at that point. Right. And then Superman stops him and is like, dude, look, he, he just got diplomatic immunity. You can't do anything. He's Right. Um Yeah, he's part of the UN now. Seriously. <laughs> like they had to set up so, This is the thing. All right, look, look at it in the in in that uh that sort of gravity. They had to <laughs> they had to set it up such that the Joker had diplomatic immunity and it would have been international world-ending incident. Because if you did something that personal to Batman, that's mm-hmm. how far he would go. And in this version of Batman, you you just kind of like turn off the lights and lock the wing on the west wing of the, of the Wayne Manor. Yeah. And that's just for Jason Todd. I, I, that's not even a Batman. Uh, that's not even a Robin that we really liked. <laughs> No, okay. That was a bratty so little. So Bruce goes to the doctor, and I want to I want to stress this because I wrote it down. I didn't remember all of this, mm-hmm. but the movie is actually worse than I remember it. I wrote this down because we all, we've always had a big problem with with you know he's hobbling around and then a magic knee brace. Magic knee brace keeps him from hobbling around. Of course. And I'm assuming he got that magic knee brace from Lucius, which is why he, he hasn't been no, wearing no, no, it the entire no, time. He, yeah. No, that that part's clear. So, he did. But he's already gone to the doctor, and the doctor says these are the these are the things that are wrong with Bruce, mm-hmm. as per the movie. Mm-hmm. He has no cartilage in that knee. Mm, of course, not much not much of any use in his elbow or shoulder. So he has no car, pretty much no cartilage in his knee. No, no, the elbows, elbow or shoulder. That was from all shoulder. that grappling that you pointed out that he didn't do. Right. He has scar tissue on his kidneys and residual concussive damage to his brain tissue. Of course. I mean... Also, a general scarred over quality to his body. These are all of the things that that dude from Reno 911 told him. That's the other part, is (laughs) you can't... All right. One of the problems of of Batman as a character... um, Oh, hold on, hold on. The fact, the very fact, sorry, I'll let you finish in just go, a second. Go, go, go for it. The very fact that they cast the that dude from Thomas Reno Lennon. 911 as his doctor. Thomas Lennon. Yeah, Thomas Lennon. A man I love Who is, dearly. by all accounts, a fine actor and fine comedian. He's the fact that they cast him as Bruce's doctor. pleasure to my life. One of those guys that just every time I see him, I think, oh, fuck yeah, Thomas Lennon. Let's do this. The fact the fact that they cast him mm-hmm. makes me feel like they were trying to tell me it was a joke. Right. <laughs> and that's that's my problem is like one of the one of the flaws of the Batman character is that it's a guy who does nothing but, you know, punch evil, evil in the face night after night. Great. It's just that every now and then, you know, evil gets a punch back or Yeah. Look, he's human. That's one of the things we love about him, but one of the things you have to overlook uh, uh, on the character as a whole is that eh, shit adds up. So uh, what you don't need to bring in to a Batman film is the idea that 
Well, you, you don't need to bring in the medical aspect at all, really. And the, the Well, I'm fine with them bringing in the medical aspect because what they did was they treated this like he had been Batman the entire eight years, even later on when he's in that prison and uh, that Tunisian prison or whatever it was, mm-hmm. when and he's hanging there and he sees Ra's al Ghul and Ra's is talking to him. And, I mean, that's all in Bruce's own head, which for some reason Bruce's own head has a version of Ra's who is telling him integral plot points to the movie that he wouldn't otherwise know. So, okay. But yeah, Ra's tells him... The, you, <laughs> the world's greatest detective gone wrong. Yeah, he... Uh, maybe Bruce is psychic too, but he refers right. to how Bruce tried to protect the city for years. But when and but they, earlier in the movie, they tell you that they actually say the night Harvey Dent died was the night that Batman stopped being Batman. Right. Bruce stopped being Batman that night. So by I that can't count, stress he this was, enough. He, 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 he leaves this emotionally uh, flowering, kind of blossoming scene. At th- this. This swelling mm. moment of machismo and heroism. He leaves that moment on a bat pod, no less. Something that apparently uh-huh. doesn't deserve the word bat cycle because it's even cooler. Uh-huh. And immediately retires. A whimper. To to be would clear, mock when that. you look when you look at Batman Begins and Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises as closely as we have, some say pathetically, when you look at it as close <laughs> as that as we have, unfortunately, you will see he was perhaps Batman. For a year to a year and a half. Yeah, I I have it as about these were not a years. year and a half max that he's Batman, and apparently it destroys all of the cartilage in one knee because I guess he's like the rest of us and favors a leg. I um, would be fine with with medical issues of that severity if he had been Batman for the entire eight years. It's just like uh, in the Rocky movies. You know, he goes in, he's got concussive, you know, he's he's got residual uh, concussive, uh, concussive damage to brain <laughs> tissue as well. He's calling his wife Mick. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he's got no cartilage in his knees. He's he, Rocky. Little punk has truck, the same problem. Up. Got it. But yeah, yeah, and that makes sense he for has, that. But, it makes sense for that because he has been training and doing this shit for low these many years. Rocky, I think five was when they really started jumping into how badly he's damaged. Same for Batman, except Batman didn't earn it. Batman was Batman for like a year and a half, maybe, you know, got rid of a little knee cartilage. And then, and you know, okay, he's going to have some a little bit of arthritis, but he was only Batman for a year and a half. No, I mean, uh, why is he so hurt? I have no problem with the medical issues being brought in. <laughs> I just have a problem with them <laughs> not making sense. I have a problem with it being brought in in general because uh, the amount of uh, it, it, it's one of those things where you have to you have to thread a very thin line. And I admit that uh, openly. You can't just have a Batman who gets in fights every night and never sees any kind of uh, comeuppance. You you have to actually have him get hurt every now and then. And ideally, yeah. it's it's uh, it's a, a flesh wound, you know, and a, a little concussion. It happens every now and then. But mm-hmm. and to be sure, it should happen more and more often to someone who's hit in the face that often. But well, okay. Um, <laughs> there's so many things though about you know his armor, his style, his uh, just strength as a person that you can you can use to talk yourself through when it's been a few years and he's been Batman and he seems to still be like the smartest person on the Justice League and I, just yeah. way ahead of the curve and uh, he's the the kind of guy who. You pull out a weapon, and uh, for God's sake, in the Legion of Doom, this freaking Lego movie that's about to come out, um, 
the way I understand it is Batman's the one who sees the whole thing coming. Like, this is an understood concept of the character, which means that it cannot be a character mm-hmm. who's had too many fucking concussions. Brains yeah. don't work that way. So you either have to kind of give me that... It's all about suspension of disbelief. You have to give me that... Uh, I don't know. You, you can askew the entire subject and just kind of not not deal with it. The problem, though, is when you bring it up in a medical aspect, he literally puts an x-ray on the wall and shows me everything that's wrong with Batman's character concept. <laughs> and I don't care if it's Thomas Lennon, a man whom I love dearly. I, I don't care if it's him. It's still ruination. Yeah, it's still Christopher Nolan giving giving the fans the finger. It's it's still bad. It's still not not the character. Uh, it's not the portrayal of the character you want. It don't get me wrong. I I like the idea that he can be normal and real. And if you if they had done it differently, I don't even mind the idea of there being a Batman that's a flash in the pan. That mm-hmm. if you had done this just right, because don't get me wrong, we've I mean <laughs> the book's been around for seventy six years, and and God knows there's someone much older than I who has enjoyed them since day one. You, right. you, it's a character that is supposed to be a little bit timeless, and it's a human, so you can't always have that aspect of it aging. And you have to be able to reinvent and go and keep it believable. And look, there's 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 flaws, but if if it was a flash in the pan character you were trying to portray, where it is uh, a guy who shows up, does what he can, king and country and all, and just his fucking body gives out. That's fine, but you you didn't set up anything around that. They thought they did, but yeah. they didn't. They set up Alfred to be a guy who's constantly telling him not to do it, such that Alfred's punchline in the end is basically, I told you so. You set up Selena yeah. Kyle as someone who inadvertently wanders into his life. You set up uh, Two-Face, of all people, as someone who trusts him just long enough to make a couple of decisions and then entirely betrays everything he's ever thought was important. Jim Gordon is a guy whose ball sack depends entirely on how much presence Batman has in the community. He's he's a coward. Through the entire trilogy, he's a coward. Like, during the, during the middle of it, when there's a Batman in full effect, this is a guy who really mm-hmm. makes moves and really does some stuff, and he's got swagger. And during the last film, he's... <laughs> during The Dark Knight Rises, this, this is a guy who's completely... Just trying to keep his head above water. Um, it's got, which, by the way, they let they let him command an entire police force from a, a hospital bed. Yeah. Now that's an important note. This dude has, <laughs> I mean, he has any number of drugs being put pumped into his system to counteract freaking sepsis or some shit. No, seriously. From you, you got shot, you got thrown into a sewer system. The the moment you were submerged a couple of inches below that water, you were already going to have sepsis. It was going to happen. It, period. Yeah. That, now, 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 this, that, they're going to let him, and they actually did give a number. They uh-huh. actually did give a number. They're going to let him command almost 3,000 police officers. Almost every cop in the city is in the sewers. Terrible idea. They're going to let him do that. But yeah. earlier in the film, when he's, when he's, uh, when they're experiencing Harvey Dent Day, mm-hmm. and he's giving his little speech, we cut to a, a couple of uh, higher ups in in the government in Gotham, and um, one of them says the mayor's gonna the mayor's gonna get rid of Gordon, and the other one goes, oh, but he's a hero, and he's like, yeah, yeah, but he's a war hero. This is peacetime. So they're planning on getting rid of Gordon, mm-hmm. 
wouldn't it be the best? Wouldn't the best time to get rid of Gordon be the time when he falls into a sewer after getting shot and then <laughs> nearly dies? You're just gonna let him send all of your cops down and uh, okay, all righty. Well, I guess a cop decisions. found him, but making terrible decisions. Jim Gordon is not nearly as clever and resourceful as he was in The Dark Knight. Here. No, and it, it's one of the things that one of uh, well, like I've said. I, the the one of the things that hurts me most about this film is that it touched on concepts that could have been good. It did. That, for instance, is one of them. Uh, Gordon being a, a peacetime failure, but a wartime hero. That that God that has a lot of legs. Um, yeah. Here, that's all we've we've been we're given of it. Like that little comment is all that we're given of it. They don't yeah, really. Yeah. You're just made to that assume anymore. that he's he's really bad at being just a regular leader, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does, they don't have to make me believe that. I see the personification of the character. Yeah. That, which is why I like the Frank Miller or Paul Dini or however many, every pretty much almost everyone else aside from the movies has shown Gordon to be a strong, badass character. And that's one of the things I love about the comics right now. Yeah, okay, it's a little weird, but Bruce Wayne isn't Batman right now in the comics. And when he stepped away and they thought he died, Jim Gordon Guess who Batman. popped in, right? Because he is the badass this city deserves. <laughs> and the badass this city needs. He's freaking Jim Gordon, baby. Like It, it shouldn't be that big of a step to... Uh, to a step down to Jim Gordon as Batman should not be a, a marked, uh, <laughs> I don't know, a decline. No. You should basically be able to say, like, well, he didn't have the same moves, but damn, that guy kicks ass. Uh, that's fine. Right. Incidentally, I mean, this in is comics, why I'm living Gotham course. at the moment, is that guy has balls. In the comics, of course, he's got, like, a big mech suit that they've built, like, like Lucius or somebody's built mm -hmm. him. So he's basically, like, Iron Bat. But <laughs> Yeah, no, that that suit's been built over and over again. There are plenty of people with the mechanized suit. He also has, like, the normal, like a normal suit, and he, this Gordon kills people. Oh. Like, he actually, this Batman has a gun. God, I haven't even seen that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, they, they, oh, man. So, anyway. <laughs> well, all right, look. All right. I have to wind this down. I just, I, I do, but I know. Uh, to, to, to I do want to comment. To mention a few things, though. Yeah. Um, excuse me. To mention a few things, you cannot uh, fix someone's spinal column with ropes in a dungeon. No, you cannot punch them in the back and make a broken back not broken. You cannot. In the unlikely event that any of that works, <coughs> you would not be doing push-ups recently or soon after. Um, and I'm not sure how you get cable television. That's another big problem. <laughs> in a Tunisian prison. If you're in a dungeon in what looks like, I don't know, I mean, hey, I'm just going to pick a, a near area here because that's what they depicted. But I'm going to say somewhere in the Middle East because yeah, that's, what, that's it what it looks like, like on film. You can't possibly expect me to get not just an American broadcasting channel. But a local station. Because American broadcasting channel, sure, all day, man. I, I can pick up American stations overseas. Yeah, no problem. But to get the local syndicate for the Gotham News is a giant fuck you mm -hmm. to everyone that can string a couple of neurons together. On top of that, yep. getting out of this cave, you, you you have a rope. This is this is just a regular like I can buy this fucking rope at Home Depot. Um, you you strap you can the buy rope. A better rope at Home Depot. <laughs> it looks like a good rope. To be fair to the rope of all things, you can get a I find the rope. 
there's so many things wrong with the film. The rope itself is okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm tearing it apart, man. Let us not defame the rope. It, you you try to climb up this giant wall. It, it's a wall so high that you need something to like stop you from falling. Okay. Right. If I tie a, a giant aggrandized piece of twine around my waist and try to climb something that's so high that if I fall, it's going to be a problem for me when I fall and hit the ground with all of my energy displaced. If I displace that energy around a central point in my waist, it will snap the bottom half of my body from the top, period. Uh Ask Gwen Stacy. Yeah, and they're also trying to explain, they're also expecting us to believe that in the history of this prison, no other prisoner has ever realized that the rope is actually too short and making them fall. Of course, it's never occurred to anyone. And it's not even that it's too short, it's just, oh, it's the fear. No, buddy, you just, you, you can't do it with the practice pants on. That's all there is. That's even, that's even dumber. Of course like, it is. Like, if the, if the rope was even slightly too short, you know, that would be kind of an interesting angle, but I wouldn't imagine, and I wouldn't imagine that no one else had figured that out, and I would imagine if someone did, it would be Bruce and not some, like, prisoner who's decided just to stay there his entire life and then tell Bruce. Yeah, no, that, that part, the, the part where it's Bruce doesn't bother me. The part, even where it's a doctor who's decided to spend the rest of his life there. I suppose doesn't bother me because eh, I just don't, in the midst of this film, I don't have time to be bothered by his personal background. I That's how far they get me, is I'm willing to accept that someone will just, without questioning it, spend his entire life in a in a hole because film? I don't know, because Oh, X? yeah. Well, it's the same way that Lucius, you know, called that big machine the bat. Because of he just Because of film. He just magically knew somehow that one day, I mean, you know, most people after eight years would be just be sitting there going, well, I guess Bruce Wayne is not coming back. Right. But no, he keeps accruing shit. He says it to keep it out of the wrong hands, but then he's like, well, I call it the bat. And yes, Mr. Wayne, it does come in black. Of course. As you look at this hobbled man with a cane. But the, the Yeah, that's word... a good idea, Lucius. That's a great idea, Lucius. No, yeah. You, you keep barking up that tree, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, the worst part of any of that isn't the, uh, the, the malpractice rope back surgery. It isn't the the Sisyphean task of climbing up a, a wall with a rope that's ever too short. Mm-hmm. It's not even the the fact that for some reason one satellite has been misplaced to to broadcast the Gotham News Network in, in some place in, I guess, the right. Middle East somewhere. Right. It's that it takes him about 40 minutes to get home. Uh-huh. After he finally gets out of this hole, he just yeah. walks home. Not even Bruce fucking Wayne has the resources to have a bat jet available oh, no, he's in broke. the middle of the desert. He is broke. They broke him. They broke him monetarily and then broke him physically. No, and I was willing to assume even of... that he had he had placed several jets around the globe in, in yeah. the event that he got trapped somewhere. And apparently, this tiny hole in the desert that is such a forgotten hole that even the government that is responsible for it chooses to ignore its existence and no one cares. Uh-huh. It's so forgotten that the well, Taliban oh. has decided that it doesn't matter. And, yeah, I mean, and he hey. apparently buried a jet like twenty minutes away, so that he could walk up, put in a fingerprint, and stroll away. Because so help me, he's he's back in Gotham in like an hour. 
that's a good that's a good that's a good call actually that's that's a good piece of headcanon man because you wonder like all all methods of transit are off in gotham you can't get anywhere you can't get out of the city mm-hmm. somehow bane gets out of the city to go talk to bruce twice yeah and then comes back <laughs> so hey you know what Br- like so he like bane and his crew uh got selena to get bruce's fingerprints so he's probably just using a wayne jet yeah probably the same one that Bruce uses to get back. I don't know, man. It's all stupid. It don't make any sense. It makes I no don't sense. You know what he's not using on the Wayne jet? The autopilot. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently... By the way, when did, when that did doesn't Bruce exist. become... When did Bruce become so smart? And he hasn't proven to be very smart. Like about half the time. No, this, this is a guy that said, do, Sonar, oh, uh, yeah, like a... Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, but yet he knows... He knows how to work a back computer after many years. He knows how to track down Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle, he has those detective skills. And apparently yeah. he knows how to how to how to create a software patch or a freaking piece of machinery he's laid eyes on maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man. Just the whole the conceit of, of Alfred wanting Bruce like wanting to he never actually tells him what cafe that is. And yet there's Bruce at the end of that movie sitting at that cafe on just the the day that Alfred you know happens upon it. Yeah, just that day, as though there is no call. For, Either for Alfred Miranda has been going back. to that cafe every single day, or Selena and yeah. Bruce have gone to that cafe every single day, right? Until that meeting happened, and then I guess they never came again. I, they never talked. The guy who raised you is like five seats over. Mm-hmm. Go talk to the fucker. I, it's right? it's almost more likely that all of this happened, that he set up Selena with the ghost, he set up the autopilot, he did all of that, and it still somehow failed. It's almost mm-hmm. more likely that Alfred is hallucinating Bruce later. No, my personal theory is that, that Alfred has slit his wrists and taken some painkillers, and this is the last thing he sees before he dies. Not coffee. <laughs> because it... At the end of this movie, he's standing in front of Bruce's grave crying because he failed him. So, yeah. But, no, the filmmakers have come out and said, no, that is Bruce. That is all happened in the story. Bruce and Selena are all right. That guy. Okay. So, once again, you take away the one bit of joy I could get out of this movie. Seriously. I, an odd, an ending like that would have made more sense than, again, we get back to, I'm, this is, this is going to sum it up, I hope. Um, this is both a, a flaw in the character's design. And a flaw in the mm-hmm. film, hugely. Uh, the films. How does a how does a man who loves this city that much, after watching its its infrastructure die, its politics die, its executive branch die, after after watching its its citizens just live in fear, the the few that were still on the island, all of this happens, mm-hmm. and you basically take out a couple of guys and think your job is over. Yeah. This is still this is a city that doesn't know how to get from A to B. There. are... There, there isn't a, a world in which people still on the island, uh, A, aren't looting rapists. Because apparently that's what you become if you're still on the island. You you immediately go loot the home of, of the richest person you know. Um, I was led to believe after this film that you abandon all sets of morals that you've ever, ever been taught. And those people are the only ones left. It's an island full of jokers. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing fucking off to a goddamn cafe in Italy? <laughs> I'm going to go through this list that I have written down real quick, and you're free to to talk about it at, at will. Um, 
but I've just I gotta get this out of my head. Um, the Batman chase sequence when he's on the on the bat pod and then like leads the cops away from from Bane and his men and they get into that alley and then the freaking bat flies out. Mm-hmm. Best chase sequence I've ever seen in a movie ever. That actually was badass. I loved it. I loved that <laughs> so much. And they even brought in like the bit where like the cop sees the bat, the older cop sees the Batman like from the Dark Knight Returns, and it goes, "Oh man, you're in for a show tonight, kid." Like, yeah, okay. That was probably he's like, you know, oh my gosh, that was awesome. That's that kind was, of fun though. Hey, no, what, what you said is like this is a terrible movie with one good chase scene, and what you said in the previous movie is, is a this is a good movie with a terrible chase scene. Yeah, yeah. Just um, resplice them, people. All right, so the, there's a guy that's on the Wayne board that his his name is Daggett. So hey, mm-hmm. they mentioned they kind of brought in a reference to the animated series, but they called him John instead of Roland. So of screw you, Nolan. <laughs> um, Why can't that guy you give totally, us what we want? I know this guy's a whiny piece of shit though, and he exposits way too much about the clean slate. Like every time Selena's talking about, it, she's like, "You know what I want?" And he's like, "The clean slate, the program that where you put in your name and you put in your date of birth, and it wipes you clean, uh, your records clean." It, he says it like three times. Yeah, normally when you're uh, an officer, like you're not even a detective, you're not even a, a task force leader, you're just an officer, and you you're obsessed with an idea that's that conspiratorial. Right. They fire you or yeah. put you on administrative leave. They don't let you question active suspects. It, no, that didn't happen. And by the way, the clean slate is a stupid idea and there's no way it would actually work in the real world you couldn't have that software and they even make fun of selena for even believing in such a ridiculous thing who doesn't have a clean slate they make fun of what they make yeah they make fun of selena though they make fun of selena for the fact that she didn't believe in that and then it actually turns out to be real because batman brought bought the damn thing yeah and gives it to her the greatest hacker of all time suddenly oh man um Selena and Bruce on the rooftop fighting. He's talking to Selena afterward, and he said, and she's gone. And he says, "So that's what that feels like in the Batman voice." That was retarded. I'm sorry. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And the weird part <laughs> is, if he had done it in the Bruce Wayne voice, I'd have thought it was fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Only tweak um, you'd have made if he had just said it in normal voice. I'd have, I would have been delighted. <laughs> Gordon, even in his drug-addled sepsis state has no reason to randomly randomly make John Blake a detective. Just doesn't. <laughs> no, no, he it's it's doesn't. akin to like, honestly, it's akin to being in a, a heavily medicated state in a hospital bed and you see like your sister and you just like mm-hmm. stroke her face and say, you're an angel. You're, you're you're Michael, aren't you coming to visit me to make me feel better? Like that. That's what that feels like. Yeah. Um, at no point is the is it made clear or reasonable that Miranda Tate would want to sleep with Bruce Wayne, of course especially not. given her the the reveal at the end makes mm-hmm. no sense. Also, as um, as I remember us mentioning before, if she really wanted to hurt him, didn't they have sex? Yeah. Like, isn't there a point where you have you know Bruce Wayne's penis somewhere near you, <laughs> in a in a relatively fragile state? Yeah. Um, Bob, John that Blake. Thing. There's a bit where John Blake kills a guy, kills a bad guy who's rigging explosives. He kills him with a gun, looks down at the gun, and suddenly becomes disgusted and throws the gun. I'm like, you're a freaking cop. You are a cop. Mm -hmm. I've known cops. I know how they train cops. At no point should you look at the gun and throw it away. (laughs) And then like five minutes later, John Blake is running through the city with a freaking rifle. Okay. Right. No, the disgust disgust you saw was him going, oh, this gun isn't big enough. Yeah. And running off um, to find another more appropriate firearm. 
there's a bit where they show the president of the United States uh, giving an address about Gotham, and he calls Gotham our greatest city. That's that's right up there with that R. Kelly song from mm-hmm. Batman and Robin. City of justice, city of peace. Mm-hmm. No, no, none of these things are true of Gotham. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I know you guys, I, I know you Nolan guys all wanted to make Gotham the greatest city so that you could make Gotham like the end-all, be-all, corrupt place in the world, but there were more corrupt places. I'm sorry. There were more corrupt places that you could have punished other than gotham and punishing gotham is not going to save the world uh yes no i I, just just, it it doesn't work i mean new orleans went under and a fair amount of people just decided eh, okay (laughs) um (laughs) there are real world examples of this kind of thing now i'm i'm sure that it happened more than more than what i'm saying here but the callback once again mm-hmm. they did the callback of dialogue where uh, bane had told bruce it is a nolan know, when, film when, right yeah when gotham is ashes you have my permission to die of course well as as bane is sitting there weakened and and in pain batman goes you know once the city's saved then you have my permission to die or something ah, awful um <laughs> God, I hate this movie so much. Like, it's one this of those where so we're back terrible. to we're back to basically you're a room. Yeah, man. Right. And he, here is my here, here. Okay, here's something though. Um, <laughs> so much about this movie doesn't make sense. Um, at a certain point, Batman shows up to help John Blake, gives him like a little bomb, and says, "Count till five, then throw it." By the way, he doesn't. He, there's no way he could have counted to five um, <sighs> before he throws that damn thing. And he's like, yeah. "Oh, you got something bigger in your utility belt?" At which point, the bat flies up and not, you know blasts this rubble out of the tunnel or whatever. And I'm like, "Why did you even give him that to throw?" Right. There was no point for that other than the punchline. You got. You, do you have anything bigger in your utility belt? No, there's the bat. But one of the things that bothers me is that like okay purportedly bruce has left in some way maybe it was just psychically i don't know because apparently both bruce and john blake are psychic in this movie <laughs> has l- basically left the left the mantle of batman to john blake who you know uh, whose real name is robin mm-hmm. okay well that that's cute but it's stupid because no robin was ever named friggin robin right a code name it was a code name call him dick like dick grayson actually it's it's not even a code name that we can completely justify it's it's one of those code names that's just been around so long that we've (laughs) we've decided to deal with it well no i mean it's legacy at this point it's it's legacy and it's respect for those who came before it's not even a cool code name we're just willing to live with it yeah no it's it's a legacy thing in the comics and that's that's what it is and and i'm good with that and let's let's move on right no point was there like a john blake character in the comics there was a john blake but he was in like one issue and he was something somewhere but there was no like they they literally i guarantee this they had an intern scour the books to find a name that was yeah related that they could abuse yeah and um, i'm looking at you baron blitzkrieg blitzkrieg like yeah in the in the comics uh dick grayson became a cop for a while mm-hmm. because he felt like he should get in on like that's where the the source of a lot of the corruption was coming from in bloodhaven so he becomes Blood a cop Heaven. for a while he's a cop yeah he's a cop during the day he's nightwing at night so they could have you know called him dick grayson that was his real name and he just you know bruce said it was wallowing and in, in whining about rachel so he never adopted dick and uh <laughs> Never did anything good for anyone else. Of course. And um, 
Yeah, they could have done that. They could have said Dick Grayson. Everyone would have. Everyone knows Dick Grayson is Robin. Everyone knows that there's no. There, there was no call to name him, call him Robin Blake. But uh, Bruce, honestly, anyway. and you know, I come from a family that knows very little about this stuff. But honest to God, if I walked up to my grandmother and said, uh, "What's the real name of Robin?" she would. She'd probably get as far as Dick something. Mm-hmm. It's just. Even in that pocket of not giving a fuck, it's still kind of common knowledge. Yeah, it's it's these are icons of American culture, you, right? You, you know, and this is just. So, and by the way, if anyone ever makes fun of you for for caring about comic book characters, it's one of our genuine like international exports. We, mm-hmm. There are very few things that America has done that are genuinely ours. This is yeah, one of them. This is one of them. So th- this kid who is a cop, but who just got his ass handed to him, and Bruce winds up, or Batman winds up helping him out in this alley. He apparently decides, like, oh, that that kid has spunk, and whether psychically or or by some other means, has somehow left him the knowledge of where exactly the Batcave entrance is. So that, uh, like I said, poorly plotted movie that makes no damn sense <laughs> but the kid knows where the bat cave yeah. is and winds up going in so you are endorsing by by virtue of retirement and i guess telling this kid at some point how to get into the bat cave though we didn't see that on screen mm-hmm. uh he gets into the bat cave and he's going to take up the mantle mm-hmm. this kid has no training this kid doesn't and he has the training of a cop but he doesn't have the training that uh that you went through yeah, uh, I don't know if he, he can doesn't defeat a League of Assassins member or he doesn't several. have a big he doesn't have a big blue Batman Iron Man suit like Jim Gordon does in the comics. Right. He has none of this shit. He's you are sending Robin Blake out to die. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> to continue a legacy. I don't know. It's gonna happen to right under his nose, I suppose. I don't know that actually. Did they in The Dark Knight Rises, did they sum up where that white room is in the Dark Knight? No. Because it looks like it looks like Levitt jumps through and wanders into the the southwest wing of the Wayne Manor right. pre- uh, premise but um yeah. premises but he they don't necessarily say where that white room is in conjunction with it i i don't know if he's no. going to walk up to an unfinished door and open the door and and then there's going to be this finished sheetrocked room on the other side well, no, I mean, this was the Batcave proper that we saw, like, under Wayne Manor. So I'm assuming that the White Room yeah, and is the Batman begins, somewhere but in... It, it yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, it was, in, it, it was in in uh, Dark Knight Rises as well, because Alfred, there's a, there's a point where Alfred walks in, and exactly one time, he looks in one room and goes, Master Bruce, and then deduces that Bruce has somehow gone into the Batcave. So he goes over and plays a little thing on the piano, goes down to the Batcave, right, and right. sure enough, there's Bruce, and he's like, you haven't been down here for years. Why would you automatically assume Bruce was down? Okay. But yeah, there is like a bat cave. There it's like it's not the white room. It's got <laughs> there's like a thing. There is a thing in the water that rises when you walk out into the water. The thing rises and there's the Batman suit inside. There's like there's a multiple screens, a computer system and all this other like there's an armory down there and all that. Um a place for the Batmobile, the whole the whole nine yards. Of so course. I'm guessing that that the white room is somewhere in Wayne Enterprises because at some point Lucius does go in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I so, just they yeah. it's such a focal point of that second movie and and mm-hmm. there's no proper well, cave involved. They're building brick for brick, even <laughs> right. though the cave wasn't even brick for brick. I don't know, hammer for hammer, just the way it was. Farnsworth for Farnsworth. <laughs> All right, so I, I hopefully we have to some degree 
adequately explained why it is we have such unending vitriol for this massive chunk of shit of film just this i what you mean to say is i i hope we've increased your enjoyment of the movie (laughs) honestly i'm hoping you're outside burning your dvd right now no i don't own that dvd i bought that for you as a joke i put it in a fucking locked case and i forgot about it and intended to forget about it entirely until we decided to do this review. <laughs> I'm not I forgot saying about you, it I'm as saying much the audience. as the the disgruntled neurons that I have at my disposal would let me. I'm not saying you. I'm saying the audience. The audience should go out and stop telling everyone that you love the movie because you look stupid. <laughs> you know what? I, no, that's wrong. At this point, and. Uh, go tell everyone you love the movie go tell them it was great they're never going to watch it anyway this is the trick go tell them how great the previous films were and how just batman's a badass and they'll they'll put their ass in the seat for dawn of justice that's the important part um i I can get behind sitting down for, for dawn of justice that's about it right and even then, and this is the scariest part of it, like, <laughs> I, I'm i not sure if it just plays to my internal narrative or what, but uh, I I feel like the, the Dark Knight trilogy was so bad that they decided when they wanted to start an entire DC storyline with, mm. God, what is it, like a dozen movies now? They, yeah, they started like with that. Soups because mm-hmm. Batman had been sullied. <laughs> and I'm almost sure that the, the way that actually played was that Batman had previously been used. They were going to start with Superman, mm-hmm. make sure that worked, and then they were going to adjunct to the whole thing. I get how it probably actually worked, mm-hmm. but part of me really suspects that you knew that had gone wrong well, and that yeah, that wasn't well, the character that, you wanted to portray, and you wanted to give it time dude, were, before you, you did anything else. So you put on a Superman character who there were Brandon Routh did his best with, best with but... There were rumors that they were going to go ahead and do um, like straight up Justice League, but without Bruce Wayne, it was going to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he his star power was rising, uh, well exponentially at the time. So they were like, well, of course he's we're going to carry over from from Dark Knight, and it'll be uh, JGL playing Batman. But I, I, and there were real. There, there, there was a lot. There were a lot of fans who really wanted that. It, the, um, the, they were the fans problem, of the Dark Knight trilogy. They weren't fans of Batman proper. Well, the the problem I have with it is that I don't have a problem with with Gordon Levitt playing Batman. I don't either. I just don't want him to be Robin Blake. Yeah, that's the. I don't have a problem with. If you had told me that kid was Bruce Wayne, I'd have rolled with you. I really would have. If you if you had told me he was Dick Grayson, I'd have rolled with you. If you had told me any of the shit really you actually that, yeah. told me, I would have told you to fuck your face. Because that's what you deserve. Yeah. Uh, it, no, it, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Anyway, we gotta go. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is this is gonna be so long. <laughs> I know. You, you may have to cut the part where we mention how ridiculous it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. You're just gonna leave that? I don't know. I'll see. Just fill it out. But uh, fill anyway, it. that don't wraps go up all our Nolan on it. But just fill it out. <laughs> That wraps up our, uh, what's the name of it? Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> just for, for posterity's sake, just do that one more time. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to leave that in because I want it to be clear. Like now that that, now that this is, it has been recorded for posterity, how much we hate this movie. And I'm going to do my best. My brain is already rejecting the, even the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that wraps up, that wraps up our review on the dark night rises the third and thankfully final 
film of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. We are DC On Screen. We are proud members of the Giant Size Network. Uh, sorry, Giant Size Team Up <laughs> Network. Um, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. And importantly, DCOnScreen.com. If you're looking for a Marvel uh, podcast that's similar to ours, though I, I've been told not as vitriolic. <laughs> I, I, Go check I out think our they friends. have more hope. In general, they, but, well, they they have reason. Yeah, if they what we've seen on screen and what they've seen on screen are entirely different products at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I might be a more optimistic person on the whole. Right. Um. Our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall do the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Go check them out. They're they're a lot of fun. We are gonna roll on out of here. Uh, I I think we're doing uh, a part three for DC movies that never happened next week here in the dog days of summer where we're just itching for some kind of content to keep us occupied here. Oh, uh, see, that's not true though. It, it, <laughs> it was not true. Well, it we're if we're itching for anything, it's it's the thing we're we're most excited about at any given point. I the, yeah, well, you know, bottom line is we we could from day to day, right? No, we we could. <laughs> Talk for an hour about a fucking episode of well, pick an animated property. That's true. <laughs> Any one of them. Good. Anything true. from Young Justice to Batman the Animated Series, and we can make this shit work. That yeah. But next week we're going to talk about DC movies that never happened, part three, because we've talked about a lot of that other stuff. <laughs> apparently, Stop being argumentative apparently there no, were for no reason. More things that the WB deprived us of. Yeah. So. Or saved us from. Well, you know. <laughs> All right. Until decided, next week, guys. Hopefully. Until next week's news episode and uh, DC movies that never happened, part three. Uh, keep some DC on your screen. We're clearly going to, and none of them will be directed by Christopher Nolan. God willing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Dave, it's 2.27.19, and I just want you to know, Xanadu.